You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey y'all, I'm Mela Borowski and I'm the Southern Bell in Bell, Book, and Candle. Thanks for being here with us. Our guest today is Mari Cartagenova, a psychic medium, animal communicator, and best-selling author with clients from all over the globe. She specializes in heartfelt messages from both past loved ones and living or past animals. And when you sit with Mari, you can really feel the presence of your loved one. Her connections offer specific detail and leave you feeling both at peace and uplifted at the same time. Mari has trained with top mediums from all over the world, including Tony Stockwell, John Holland, Lisa Williams, James Van Prague, Thomas John, and Lauren Rainbow. I am so excited to have you here today, Mari. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me, Mela. I'm really excited to be here too. I've listened to your podcast and I think it's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. When did you first realize that you were a medium? Well, it's interesting. And as you can imagine, you know, people ask me that for me, you know, I remember my brother asking me the same question. He said, well, how long have you been doing this? And I was like, "Um, always, Uh, because for me, you know, as a kid, you don't know any better. So when I was very, very, my earliest memories are talking to angels and having spirit in my room. And as a little kid, you don't know any different. You think that's just Mm. normal and that's what everybody does. And so, you know, I would do that when I was little. And then at some point, as I got older, I realized that not everybody does that. And that <laughs> when, I, when I would talk to trees outside and my classmates would see me, they thought I was a little weird. So, <laughs> yeah. so I kind of stopped doing that. And then I just kind of kept, kept it to myself. And um, so really, I, you know, like to say I was born this way. I've just, I've just always been this way as long as I can remember. Yeah, I found that true with a lot of the gifts that I have as well as I didn't know that it was a gift. I just thought everybody could do it as a child. You're so open. And then it's when you get older and usually school children who begin to make you feel like you're weird and there's something wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I understand it's not the coming from the inside as I am. For me, it seemed normal. But for them, they're like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? (laughs) So Come back and play, you know, jump, you know, hopscotch with us or something and stop talking to the trees. (laughs) (laughs) What about being able to communicate with animals? Is that tied up into the mediumship gift or is that something separate? Well, it's interesting because um, a lot of mediums that I've met just over the years, a lot of them don't work with animals. And mm-hmm. I had heard when I had started to you know, become more public and work with my gift that, you know, I'm using air quotes, communicating to animals is hard. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, oh, well, everyone says it's hard, so it must be really hard. But for me, I'm very connected to animals. Um, you know, we, we love animals. I'm a vegan. There's all that connection. And so I just thought, well, you know, I can connect with spirit. What difference does it make, whether it's an animal spirit or a people spirit? And so I just sort of use my usual method of connecting with animals. And it works for me anyway. It works the same way. So I'm not sure where the disconnect is. I think it yeah. might be more in our human brain because people think, oh, it's a different species. It's harder. But honestly, to me, it's all about spirit. So, mm. you know, we're spirit, they're spirit, and there's really no difference. 
if we think about how everything is energetically connected anyway, it kind of does make sense that you'd be able to connect with any type of spirit. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's, you know, trees or flowers or, you know, mm-hmm. wood, woodland spirits, any, anything like that. It is all just energy. And, mm. and to me, it's all the same when you're connecting. So I know I've even gone on a few podcasts to talk about the misconceptions of being a witch. And I'm, I know that there are some really interesting misconceptions about being a medium. So what are some of the crazy ones you've run into? Yeah, you know, and like I was saying earlier to someone, actually, everybody has to sort of do their own thing. And I'm not here to judge and people, there's many different mediums that work in different ways. And if it works for them, you know, Mm -hmm. go ahead. That's fine by me as long as you're not hurting anybody. But for me personally, you know, I'm not really big on the, some people work with rescue mediumship and that's the piece about like helping the soul cross over. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some people, that's an important piece of their work. But for me personally, I don't feel that the soul, which is just energy and light, really needs our assistance in that. So I think for me, that's kind of a misconception. There is definitely when you go to buildings, there's definitely like energetic residue for sure. So like Mm -hmm. if you go to a building and people say it's haunted air quotes um it just means there's some energetic residue from spirits or there could be spirits present but in my personal experience and i've been doing it a long time i've never had any like negative spirits i've never had someone you know a spirit come and be angry or do negative horrible things i mean because honestly spirit is just about love when you cross over that's really all it's just about and i haven't experienced that so I would think that would be a misconception as well like taking what Hollywood puts out and taking Mm -hmm. that as gospel because that's not really at least in my experience how things work Mm, okay when someone comes and says I want to talk to my dead grandmother is it a sure thing that they're going to get that grandmother's energy Absolutely not. And I'm sorry if I've disappointed some people that are listening, but, you know, like one of my teachers, you know, John Holland likes to say, you know, it's not 1-800-DIAL-A-SPIRIT, you know, mm-hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. I mean, obviously, we try to connect with whoever, you know, the person would like to connect with. But all we are is we're just sort of the channel. We just open ourselves up, make ourselves energetically available to whatever spirits are out there, whether it's people or animal and sort of let that information flow. So I can't, you know, I can ask spirit, hey, you know, my client really wants to talk to their grandmother, but you know, for whatever reason, which, you know, I don't know everything, maybe beyond me, um, sometimes the grandmother doesn't come through, but I can tell you that whoever does come through, that's usually the person that the client needs to hear from the most because spirit never wastes a message and whatever they're coming through with is important in some way. That makes a lot of sense because I know that even in my own work and I do past life regression hypnosis and things like that and people come in and they have all these preconceived notions of I'm going to go to this life and I'm going to get this answer and you have to tell people constantly whatever happens that is what needs to happen and it sounds like it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I have a short story about that if you know, if you want to hear it. Yeah, go ahead. It was interesting because I had a woman come to me and, you know, my my human brain, as I'm a little old, doesn't always remember everything. But I remember she came to me. She wanted to hear from X, whoever it was. And the person that came through was her grandfather, who she had only known when she was a tiny baby. 
And, you know, she was like, oh, okay, whatever, that's weird. But as we got more into the reading and he was validating with all sorts of, you know, things that had happened from her life, it was very meaningful to her because after the reading, she told me, she's like, you know, it's so weird. People always say, it's so weird. I'm like, well, no, that's what I do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it always seems weird, but it's not really weird. She said it was so weird that he came through because she's always felt like a strange connection to him, even though... Um, she didn't know him other than, you know, being a, a tiny baby. And so she, mm -hmm. and I said, well, yeah, that's partly because like he's here, like almost as your guardian angel or one of your spirit guides. And so even though she really had no connection with him in this lifetime that she really remembered, she had a huge box of his war medals. He was a highly wow. decorated war vet and she had had them in a special place in her house and she would often go through the box and she would like talk to him because she felt this connection. And so even though she had wanted to talk to, you know, Aunt Mary or whoever it was, mm -hmm. he came through because that was sort of who was in her energetic field. And that's, and it meant so much to her that, you know, it was a very powerful reading because she was able to connect with this person that she didn't even know that she wanted to connect to, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. When people that I, that know that I do oracle card readings or I do healings, sometimes I feel like it turns into entertainment or sometimes I get taken advantage of. They just think that I'm available 24-7 and they'll message me at any time of night, you know, that I'm always on and able to expend the energy for whatever they want from me. Does that happen to you? Do people take advantage of your gifts, even if they're friends or family or even strangers? Yeah, you know, and that's hard. And you, I'm sure you understand this, Mella, because, you know, you're an empath and, mm -hmm. you know, you understand that people like us, we want to help. So th yeah. there have been too many times, and my husband will attest to this, <laughs> that I'm answering emails at one in the morning. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, well, she just wrote to me. And, you know, and so I, I do, do I feel taken advantage of? I mean, it's more that I sort of allow myself to do too much. It's really more that. So, I mean, because I just, when people come across my path, I try to do as much as I can to help them. Um, but it's, uh, but I do understand the piece about the family and friends as well, because that's sort of a little bit of a different thing. Because, you know, I've certainly had people in my family pass and my cousins will be like, oh, can you talk to my mom and, you know, tell her, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And of course I'll do that. But, at some point, it's like, you know, you have to draw the line because you can't <laughs> do it 24 seven. And, you know, yeah. when I was when I was up at one o'clock answering one of these emails, the email actually said, which I took as a notice from the universe, she said something like, I'm so sorry to email you so late at night. And it's like, hello, Earth tomorrow. You don't need to be answering her at one in the morning. So, mm, you yeah, know, so, yeah. so it's like a balance of helping and not overdoing, which, you know, is a challenge. Yeah, setting personal boundaries, that is important. And people don't always like that, but that is definitely part of the story. I think some people also don't understand that when you are when you're using different gifts and things like that, you are expending energy. And I don't think people actually are doing it a lot of times to be harmful. They just don't understand that maybe you don't have the energy at that specific time to do something like that. Oh, yeah, exactly. And like you said, with the boundaries, I mean, you have to, you know, I keep a schedule. And certainly there are always people that say, Oh, can you see me today? And, you know, I would mm -hmm. say 99.9% .9 of the time, the answer is no, because I'm yeah. already booked for today. 
Um, and you did mention something earlier about the entertainment piece, and and that is sort of difficult because I I take what I do as I'm sure you do very seriously. It's yeah. not you know entertainment, and I've certainly been asked you know to do fairs and things like that for colleges where it would be looked at more as like an entertainment type of thing, and I don't do anything like that just because for me it's sacred. It's you're connecting mm-hmm. with with loved ones, whether they're pets or people. And that's a, it's a sacred gift. And I don't want to exploit that in the name of, you know, oh, this is just fun or, you know, entertainment. So that I I definitely draw the line with that for sure. Mm. Okay. Makes sense. I am really interested in animal communication and in the bio, it says you can communicate with living or past animals. Is there a difference in how animals communicate, whether they're living or not? You know, that's a really good question. I don't think anyone has ever asked me that. (laughs) You know, I I don't find there to be a difference because when I connect with animals, when I read animals, I work off of pictures. Mm. I'm not sure why. I just sort of started doing that. And I think it's a little easier for my human brain because what I like to say is, you know, if you say connect to Fluffy, Fluffy could be a boa constrictor or Fluffy could be a poodle. So I don't want to get, you know, (laughs) when you get your human brain involved, that's never good. So I work off of pictures and whether the animal, because, you know, people said to me, oh, do I need to bring my cat into the office? I'm like, no, please don't do that. You, know, you don't need to do that. <laughs> and because honestly, like when I have done, I sometimes do like really large, uh, like animal fairs. It's like mm-hmm. all animal things and, and shows and stuff like that. And people will have their animals with them. And so when I do readings like that, sometimes it is a little more difficult when the animal is actually in my presence because, you know, they're jumping around or they're, you know, they're rubbing on you or whatever. Yeah. So I prefer just to work off a picture, even if the animal's there, because it's just, it's easier and I get a better connection. But to, to your point of whether they're living or past, I haven't noticed a difference. I, I connect with them both the same way. So That's really super interesting because I've never been around really an animal communicator except once, one time, and the animal was not there when she connected, but I never thought about it was a connection through pictures and that makes so much sense. So thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, no worries. Because for me, it's really just, it's not so much the paper of the picture. And, you know, I do plenty of, you know, in-person galleries. We're getting back to that with COVID. That was on pause Mm -hmm. for a bit. But um, where animals will come through without a picture. So it's not like Mm -hmm. a necessity. But for me, I just use the picture as a way, you know, as long as I can see their eyes clearly. And, you know, the eyes are the key to the soul. And uh, as cheesy as that sounds, but I just sort of tune into their eyes. And from there, I'm sort of able to pick up their energy. And that's really how I make my connections. But again, it's not, you know, it's not mandatory. It's just, I think it's just more direct. It sounds like it gives you a focus, almost like with psychometry, when you have that object and you're connecting to the energy of everything that's been around that object. Yes, exactly. Or if you've done like flower readings or, Mm -hmm. you know, where you just, it's something to focus on. And that's what I tell people about, you know, if I do a tarot reading, it's not the cards that are magical. It's really more my interpretation or the feelings or the energy that I'm getting. It's not the cardboard. It's the space in between where the messages can be found. And that's what I think is the most interesting. Yeah, they're, they're just tools to allow us to connect. Yeah, exactly. And you could use anything, you know. Yeah. Thinking about animals, 
are rescue animals able to communicate about past traumas to you? And is, is there any way, or do you help them recover if it's a living rescue animal? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of times mm. they talk about, because a lot of times people will seek me out. And again, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I, I can't diagnose. There are people that focus more on uh, medical intuition and they can sort of give you a better idea of what the person or animal medical problem is. That's not something that I focus on. But I more focus on like the feelings and a lot of times the animal will show me like, oh, this is the house I used to live in or this is where I used to came from, uh, you know, where I came from. Mm -hmm. And many times um, when the person is seeking me out for a consultation, it's because, oh, you know, my cat is peeing outside the box or my dog is chewing on the table leg. Can you explain to me why? And I'll ask them and they'll say, oh, it's because I'm anxious because of this or I'm upset mm. because of this. And that includes their, you know, where they came from. And and it's very, very helpful, I find, to clients because I'll say, oh, you know, well, your cat came from this hoarding situation and, you know, they were neglected and they were kind of the odd, odd kitten out in the house. And then the client will say, oh, that makes so much sense because they do blah, blah, blah. And so mm. I think it's, it's helpful for especially the pets, uh, for their owners to understand where they came from. Oh, yeah. And is it mostly dogs and cats or I have goats and chickens, so I'm just wondering, do people want you to connect to farm animals or even wild animals anytime? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've read all sorts of animals. I mean, we have horses and so I love, you know, we love horses. And so I, I certainly do a lot of those. I've read flying squirrels, iguanas, wow. fish, birds, you know, I don't know if I've done a goat. I don't know if anyone has brought their goat, but I could, you know, Yeah. About, you know, it's about the soul and all yeah. living beings have a soul. And honestly, to me, whether it's human or animal, it's all the same. And so... Mm whatever people bring to me you know i can read because they're they're living beings and that's how we connect so yeah well that's amazing so during the communication are they actually speaking to you with words like how does that communication happen with the animals well it's interesting because you know everybody works differently and i certainly know a lot of other animal communicators up oh, there you go yours is communicating right now yeah <laughs> Um, but she just wanted to say hi. Yeah, it's interesting because everyone works a little bit differently. For me, I'm very clairvoyant, which means I see things energetically, you know, with my third eye. I also, you know, feel things and hear things and sense things. So there's all these different senses, which you probably know mediums use to connect with, uh, with past loved ones or pets. Mm -hmm. But for when I connect with animals, honestly, there really isn't much of a difference because they will give me a feeling like they feel sick mm. to their stomach or they'll say, Oh, you know, or they'll say the boy or it's uh -huh. usually, and the same with people, they don't come in and they're not like, Hey, Mari, you know, my name's Fred <laughs> and this is what I like to do. And I really love this kibble. And it's not like a full sentence like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at least not for me, it's more like they'll show me pictures or images or like a couple of words or give me a feeling. And then from there, you know, we kind of work together with a client and uh, figure out what they're trying to say. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, some people may have a misconception that any type of communication like that is in these full sentences, but people have to keep in mind that spiritual gifts are all sorts of different ways and we have different receptivities. And for me being an empath, a lot of times I will get my messages through emotions that I feel from things or people or places. Other people who might be clairaudient, they may hear something or 
They may have a smell. So there's lots of different ways of being receptive. Yeah, exactly. And or sometimes there's colors, you know, yeah, I'll see yeah. a certain color that'll give me a feeling or there are some people that work like exclusively, you know, with colors like Dougal Frazier or, you know, so people can can experience things and get information in a variety of ways. And I'm open to it all. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you that I'm a fan of tasting dog food, but <laughs> I'll say like, I get this taste and it's not that good, but um, you know, I'm just, I'm there to report, you know, whatever it is, whatever they're telling me, I'm just there to report. So, yeah, I think that's really important because people just think, I think they think clairvoyance is really the only gift and you're always seeing pictures or you're hearing, and there's just so many other ways to interpret information. Yeah, absolutely. Or smelling, you know, a lot of times, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'll like I have the smell of something, but it's very particular, you know, yeah. I'll say, oh, it's, you know, because obviously there's the wet doggy smell or, you know, whatever that is. But like I was doing a client recently and there was like a very sweet smell that I was getting. And I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting the smell from your dog, but it's very, you know, but it's very sweet. And she was the owner was saying, yeah, because we took it to the groomer, they'd used a special <laughs> shampoo that was like some kind of flower or something that was very oh, yeah. sweet. So I was getting that particular smell. And, um, wow. you know, it's just, it's always really interesting what the animals come up with and what they want to share with me. Yeah. So I don't know if this is something that you just know from your own information or from the animals, but when an animal dies, do the spirits wait for us in that in-between place? Will we be connected to them when our spirits go there? Absolutely. I mean, you know, and again, I don't know everything, but in my experience, you know, I believe that we are born into soul groups. Mm-hmm. And whether it's people or pets, you're part of a soul group of people that are, you know, spirits that you're most connected with. And so when you cross, you meet up with the same spirits. And when you're born, you're connected again with the same spirits. And you could have been a mom in one lifetime. You could have been the sister. I personally believe we could have also been pets in different lifetimes, although that may be controversial to some people. (laughs) But it's really you're just sort of circling around in different lives with the same souls. And so, you know, I know for a fact that when people cross, it's like, I know you're going to meet up with your mom. I know you're going to meet up with your special dog. You know, it's not, it's not everybody you've ever met in your whole life, but it's those people that you feel really connected to. And by people, I also made pets, you know, that deep soul connection, that's your soul group. Mm. That's funny that you mentioned about the kind of the reincarnating into animals and back and forth. Because mm-hmm. I was going to ask you that if you thought that humans could reincarnate into animals or vice versa. So you're saying, yes, you believe that that can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had lots of clients that say, oh, you know, I'll be doing a reading on their dog. And I'll say, you know, your dog keeps talking to me about your grandfather. Like, did you know <laughs> the grandfather? And my client would say, well, no, that's because I really think that my dog used to be my grandfather. And I was like, <laughs> Wow. So yeah, so it definitely happens. And I definitely because again, for me, there is no distinction really in the soul of the animal and the soul of a person, you know, we're all souls, we're all energy. And so to be able to switch back and forth bodies, it's, you know, that makes sense, because I feel this this body is just like the outfit you're wearing this time around. And next time you'll have a different outfit, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I I did a past life regression hypnosis with someone and they were very much convinced that they had 
been a wild animal of some sort because everything they were experiencing was this wild animal out in the snow. And I said, yeah, it could happen. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, think about it. We don't know everything, you know, and I never pretend to know everything or have all the answers because people say, well, where does your information come from? Mm -hmm. I mean, I personally believe it's from spirit but i mean do we do we know do i have any scientific proof no i mean for all i know it could be beamed to me from some guy on mars i don't really know right i know that sounds crazy (laughs) but i'm just saying i i can't prove to you where like my you know i have kids and my younger son he's like doesn't really believe in this and he's like but mom like how do you do what you do like how do you get all that information Mm. and to mean to be honest i don't know i mean i'm grateful and i feel Mm -hmm. like it comes from spirit but how it all works and you know i'm not really sure right getting into maybe something that's a little more sad i'm very interested and if there is a way for us as pet owners to kind of figure out as far as communicating with our own pets, if we have a situation where we have an animal that is in pain, sick, and the vets are maybe saying, maybe you should think about putting them down. Is there a way for us to communicate so that they can let us know whether they need to die naturally or be put to sleep? Yeah, absolutely. And what I always tell my clients is you really need to trust your gut. And I know that's hard, you know, because I've lost animals and that's it's so hard when it's your own animal because you're very attached. But what I always, and a lot of times clients will come to me with that exact question, like, Oh, he's sick. I don't know. Should I put him down? And a lot of times they just, the animals are there for you. Uh, They don't want you to see them suffering. They don't want you to, they don't want to make it any harder for you because our animals are really here to help us sort of be the best version of ourselves. So they don't want you to suffer, you know, to be sick for months and months, but they want to be there for you. So what I always tell my clients is, obviously, if they're seeing me, then I have a conversation with the animal. But if if you're not in that position, it's, you know, just take the deep breath, allow yourself to sort of drop into your body and just sort of in your heart space. That's, you know, your intuitive self. What does your gut tell you? What does your heart tell you? Because that's the information. It's not what your head's saying. Your head is your human. Your head is like, oh my God, I don't want him to suffer. And this is terrible. And, you know, but you really have to get into your body and into your heart space and to know what your intuitive self wants because it's all, it's there, you know? And mm-hmm. that's why I tell people, like, I'm not magical. Like, anyone can do this work if you wanted to. It's just a matter of being able to listen to those intuitive messages that everybody gets. Wow, what you just said hit me a lot harder than I thought that would happen on this episode. We had a dog several years ago that had grown up with my kids, Chocolate Lab, Jet, and we had to make that decision. And I remember sitting there with her and just saying, you know, Jet, we love you. You have been a wonderful, wonderful companion for us. You don't have to take care of us anymore. Yeah, we are going to be good. And it is okay for you not to be in pain anymore. We're going to help you do that. But just something you said made me remember how I said, you know what, we we're going to be okay. And you don't have to be here for us anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because the animals so many times I've done so many readings where the animals were hanging on for their person because they know how hard it is going to be for their person to not have them around. 
And so what you did with Jet was really an amazing act of love because you said, look, we're going to be okay. Like you gave permission to to not be around anymore. And a lot of times the animals are waiting for that because mm. they don't want their people to suffer. And that's their like primary goal. Wow. Yeah. So it's really beautiful that you were able to do that. What's really interesting is that several days after it happened, or maybe it was, it was a little while after it happened, it was near Samhain or near Halloween. I mm. woke up in the middle of the night and looked into the mirror and I saw Jet laying at the foot of the bed, just like she used to always do that. And I know she was there. I know it was a visit and it was just so amazing. And the cat was in the room and the cat was staring at Jet. And that's kind of what woke me up as I don't know if the cat made a noise, but it was a while, it was a little while, maybe a month or so after uh, we had put her down and she was there just resting. Yeah, that's really beautiful. You know, and a lot of times the animals do come back in that way. I've had a lot of clients tell me I've seen it myself with one of my beloved cats, you know, after mm. he crossed, I saw him more as, and that's like with people, that's the difference. That's seeing an apparition with your actual eyes versus seeing something clairvoyantly, which is sort of energetically seeing it. But I have like seen my cat walking around and wow. that's beautiful. What, you know, what a gift that Jet gave you by yeah. appearing because they are still around, you know, yeah. and that's what people say to me, Oh, like my stupid dog is staring at the corner. It's like, because <laughs> there's a spirit there. He's not yeah. stupid. You know, he sees more than you do. <laughs> you use animal communication to find lost and missing pets as well. How do you go about that? Yeah, that, I mean, that is sometimes a little bit sadder part of my work. Um, mm. I mean, not always, but as you probably know, if your animal's missing, it can be a challenge. Sometimes yeah. they've already crossed or sometimes it's hard, really hard to find them. I sort of use the same way. I sort of connect with the animal. Um, and I ask them and they sort of give me, it's almost like a, a, like a GoPro view of like, I was here and then I went over mm. here and this is, you know, so they give me a little tour of yeah. where they started and where they are now. And then what I do is I write up an email with all the clues and, and of all the information the animal's giving me. And then I encourage my client to go search because clearly, you know, I have clients from all over the world and you know there's like animals missing in south africa so i'm, I'm not out there like actually searching for them but i just yeah. tune into them energetically give the client all the information and then ask them to go search and you know it's been amazing i mean i've gotten every time it happens it's like these amazing results there was a dog that was missing for months and months like nine months or something and the woman had given me an, you know the general area of where she lived and of where they had already searched. And I had told her, I said, well, I'm feeling, you know, the dog was telling me this certain area, which was way off their search grid, wasn't anywhere near where they were looking, wasn't anywhere near the house. And so she's like, okay. So she trusted me and went down there and she actually had a tracker dog and they were able to pick up the scent of wow. the dog down there. And they saw footprints and they saw like poop. And so it was really amazing that, wow. you know, like I just kind of go with the flow. I'm like, okay, yeah. spirit, I'm here. Give me whatever information I can to help people. And, you know, cause that's, that's what I want to do is that's why I do this is cause I want to help people in whatever way I can, you know? Yeah. That's incredible. So just with your everyday hanging out with your pet, are there any tips that you can give us just to kind of know what what they're telling us? Well, that's a good question too. No wonder I like your podcast so much, <laughs> Ella. You have all these good questions. 
Um, no, but seriously, though, that that's a really good question. What I like to tell people is that it's really important to tune in to your animal. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. like, you know, not 24-7. If you're cooking dinner, you don't need to tune in. But, you know, on a, on a pretty regular basis, you want to sort of connect again with that heart space, not really with your head. Find out where they are, like find out where they are emotionally. Like, how are you doing today? What's going on with you? And then you want to work sort of within that boundary because animals, just like people, want to be treated differently. Like I have one cat. He's uh, he's more my son's cat, but he will just, he he's more uh, a little uh, grumpy, I could say. Maybe he's a little <laughs> more grumpy old man and he'll get up on the counter and he'll look me right in the eye and he'll just knock stuff off and he'll be like, and? That's a problem because why? And I like he doesn't care. Like I literally yeah. had a giant vase of peonies, like a big vase. He knocked it over, the glass oh, no. smashed, and normally a normal cat would run away. He stood there and he stared at me. He's like, So what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do now? Really? Broken now. Sorry. And so he just like that's just his personality. Like he mm-hmm. only loves my son and that's it. And if he's not with my son, he's annoyed. So, so, you know, I would encourage people to sort of tune in to how their animal is feeling and what's going on with them, you know, and I have other pets that are completely different and have different needs. So it's kind of knowing when to give and take just mm-hmm. like with a person. And so yeah. if you're with your animal, just kind of find out where they are, you know, and okay. respond accordingly. Yeah, great. And you've got a book called Heaven Sent. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, that's actually a really fun book. Um, it's on Amazon um, or it's, you know, if you want to, anyone who wants a signed copy, you can buy it on my website also. It's basically a chapter book with different stories about animals who have touched our hearts in miraculous ways. And I have a chapter in there about my beloved cat, Mr. Fur. And, you know, it just talks about, you know, his his crossing and my connection with him and other people have written about their dogs or horses or other animals. So it's definitely, you know, it's an easy reading book. It's not something you have to sit down and read for a long time, but definitely bring your tissues because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of touching stories in there. And and I was very, very grateful to be included in, in the book's publication. Okay, that sounds great. And how do we follow you on social media and find you on the web? Well, the best way to find me is on my website, which is mediumari.com, M-E-D-I-U-M-M-A-R-I.com. And you can find me by that handle on all the regular channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. It's all Mediumari. Wonderful. Yeah, and you can follow me there, and um, I'd love to hear from people. And what else do you have going on that you might want to promote that people might be interested in? Well, you know, as everyone knows with COVID, it's been it's been a challenging yes. year, everybody knows, and we had so many events that we had to cancel. So I'm really trying to um, sort of reinvent those and get those back up and running. I wanted to sort of make sure things settle down with COVID because we had these huge events booked that I had to cancel and we didn't really want to go through that again. Mm. So I am booking um, live uh, demonstrations for the fall. I have a couple that I'm planning, like, you know, October, November time frame. And I think I'm going to also do one on Zoom during that time with another with another friend of mine. You can look out for those on my website. All the media and everything is posted on my website. 
I also um, offer mentorships for people who want to study uh, animal communication or even psychic readings or mediumship. And I'm starting my mentorship program up again in the fall as well. And that is something basically it's up to the person what they want to learn. We go one on one and we sort of work on things that they're most interested in. I give them exercises and practice and I, you can buy them in sessions of like four, eight or 12 sessions, mm -hmm. depending upon how much you want to study. But it's, it's all live. It's one on one with me. And it's really, you know, it's really fun. I love doing my mentorship program and I'm, I'll definitely be starting up my animal communication classes again as well in the fall. You know, just just trying to sort of recover over the summer and have a little family time and then uh, yeah. gear back up when hopefully COVID will be gone by the fall. And so it is. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> I think that's really great because I've been meeting a lot of people lately who have the gift of mediumship or other gifts, and they just don't even know where to go to get trained for it or to be mentored. So I love that you offer mentorship and I'll have to send some people your way. Awesome. Yeah, that would be great. It's And it's great because, you know, I do obviously offer classes where there's multiple people, but mm -hmm. some people it's just easier to have a one-on-one -on -one because that way yeah. I can tailor the class to you and whatever things you want to work with, we can just do it that way. And I think people learn a lot quicker that way as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Any final words? Um, no, I mean, I just appreciate you having me on. I, you know, I think you have a lovely show and, it, you know, it's my pleasure and honor to work with you today. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this wonderful, all these wonderful topics. It's been an amazing interview. So thank you, Mari. I would love to hear what our listeners think about this episode. So tell us what you think. If you go to the podcast website, you can comment on this very episode with your thoughts and questions. You can even click that little microphone. You can send me a voice message and I might just use it on a future episode. Take care and y'all be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at BellBookCandleSC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E, or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash BellBookCandle.